0: Hello and welcome to episode number 37 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we're going to be continuing where we left off a couple of episodes ago and we're going to be talking about the Romans in Scotland. So once again join me for episode number 37 of the Scottish History Podcast to find out more. So folks, before we get started in episode number 37, I just want to take a moment just to say thank you so very, very much to every single one of you who has listened to the podcast. If this is the first time that you're listening to the podcast, welcome. Um, It's great to have you along. I do recommend that you start at the beginning uh, and work your way forward. However, you know, no time is, uh, there's no better time than now to start listening. Um, So what I really wanted to say is a massive thank you as well to Feedspot, which is a website, uh, a blog online, which uh, recently has uh, named this particular podcast as the ninth podcast in the top 40 British history podcasts to listen to in uh, 2020, uh, of which I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of that particular Um, statistic there. Uh, But also today, or or well yesterday, I got an email from Feedspot once again naming me as number 13 in their top 100 European history list as well. Uh, So to be anywhere near any form of list is absolutely incredible. It's it's not what I do the podcast for, but it's great to be mentioned in these uh, particular sort of Uh, Websites and things like that. So, very uh, massive thanks to FeedSpot. Uh, Their website is at blog.feedspot.com. And uh, yeah, check them out. Check out the other podcasts on there as well if you're interested in British or even further afield in European history as well. So, I just also wanted to say a massive thank you to all of the listeners from. Uh, I'm going to try and name every single country that I've got someone listening to the podcast on. So, uh, of course, we have uh, the United States, uh, the United Kingdom as well, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany, Spain, Switzerland, Italy, Belgium, Ireland, Norway... Denmark, France, South Africa, Albania, Poland, Brazil, Austria, India, Russia, Czech Republic, Singapore, Portugal, Argentina, Japan, Andorra, Slovakia, Turkey, Guernsey, Hong Kong, Finland, Mexico, the United Arab Emirates, Thailand, Bermuda, the Philippines, Uruguay, China, Indonesia, Vietnam, Colombia, Israel, Dominican Republic, Algeria, Greece, Guam, Uganda, South Korea, Luxembourg, Sudan, El Salvador and Iceland. It's a massive amount of countries that this podcast has reached. Um, absolutely incredible that some of those are even in there. So um, again, everyone's welcome. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, without further ado, we'll crack on with this episode. So again, we're picking up uh, from where we left off in episode number 35. Uh, So the Romans first arrive in Britain around 43 AD. However, they fail to venture into Scotland. They do, however, write about the Celtic people, probably only from stories told by the southern British tribes. They tell us that the Celtic people are savages who run naked into battle and cover themselves in war paint, Uh, in order to do battle. They tell us that the Celts have long hair and normally wear bright clothing with large items of jewellery and that the women in particular are very short-tempered. But of course, at this time, there is no collective name for Scotland. So Scotland is not called Scotland at that particular time. Instead, the Romans called the pretty much everyone that lives in the area we now know as Scotland. Uh, they call these people the Caledoni or the Caledoni, And the land that they lived on is Caledonia. Now these Celts, they are mostly speaking different languages. However, these languages are very similar. Uh, most likely regional, so like what English, Scots and Doric is, uh, for example, in Scotland. Now, I haven't done an episode on languages in Scotland as of yet. It is on my list to do. I've started doing it many times and just got confused about how to approach it. So I am going to get round to that. Um, But of course everyone knows English, and then you've got Scots, which is a a, a different form of English, and then you have Doric, uh, which is a a dialect and a language in its own right, uh, which is similar to Scots, so it's like, you know, Scots is kind of almost bastardised English, and then Doric is the same with Scots, I've probably got that completely wrong, but it's just to give you a rough idea, it's, uh, yeah. So the Romans do give us the name of many of the other tribes in Scotland uh, during that particular time. However, how legitimate these uh, tribe names are is, uh, is actually up for debate. However, it's the best that we have because there's no other writings to tell us any other names. In AD 79, the Roman governor of Britain, uh, Agricola, sends search parties around the coast of Scotland before deciding to invade the land. They claim that at the time, the land to the north of what we now know as the Firth of Forth, uh, which is basically north of Edinburgh, so from Fife upwards, was a separate island due to the land being intensively boggy and marshy land. When they finally do head into Scotland, they stay on that east side, avoiding most of the mountains. They set up camps and forts at the end of all of the glens or the valleys um, to essentially block the tribes inland. The largest Roman fort to be built in Scotland was at Inch Toothal just outside of Perth by the famous Roman general Agrippa. Inchtoothal contained 64 barracks, four officers' houses, a hospital, six grain stores, a drill hall, a workshop, and a headquarters. It took 2.7 million man hours to build, with 1,000 men working full time for over a year to complete the fort. Inchtoothal was, however, only occupied for around six or seven years being abandoned in either 86 or 87 AD. This was due to the difficulty in keeping the fort supplied in the hostile territory that it occupied. The camp was dismantled before they left and to this day over one million iron nails have been discovered buried on the site. Many of these nails have been sold on to Christian groups as they claim that these nails were made around the same time as the nails uh, were made in order to crucify Jesus. In AD 84, the most famous battle between the Romans and the Celtic people takes place in Aberdeenshire. Agricola's scribe Tacitus tells us that the battle happens at Mons Graupus, which we have interpreted as the Grampian Mountains. However, the exact location of the battle has never been found. Tacitus tells us that the leader of the Celtic tribe was called Calgacus and that he gave a very rousing speech before the battle um, of which I'm going to read an excerpt of just now. So Tacitus tells us that Calgacus says unto his troops, this is a little excerpt uh, of what he says before they go into battle, Whenever I consider the origin of this war and the necessities of our position, I have a sure confidence that this day and this union of yours will be the beginning of freedom to the whole of Britain. To all of us, slavery is a thing unknown. There are no lands beyond us and even the sea is not safe, menaced as we are by a Roman fleet." and thus in war and battle in which the brave find glory, even the coward will find safety. Former contests, in which with varying fortune the Romans were resisted, still left in us a last hope of succor, inasmuch as being the most renowned nation of Britain, dwelling in the very heart of the country and out of sight of the shores of the conquered, We could keep even our eyes unpolluted by the contagion of slavery. To us who dwell on the uttermost confines of the earth and freedom, this remote sanctuary of Britain's glory has up to this time been a defence. Now, however, the furthest limits of Britain are thrown open and the unknown always passes for the marvellous. There are no tribes beyond us nothing indeed but waves and rocks and yet more terrible Romans from whose oppression escape is vainly sought by obedience and submission. Robbers of the world, having by their universal plunder exhausted the land, they rifle the deep. If the enemy be rich, they are rapacious. If he be poor, they lust for dominion. Neither the East nor the West has been able to satisfy them. Alone among men, they covet with equal eagerness, poverty and riches. To robbery, slaughter, plunder, they must give the lying name of the empire. They make a desert and call it peace. Now the speech itself does sound a little bit Braveheart, right? I wonder why that is. So that particular speech and potentially the battle which of course Tacitus says the Romans win with minimal loss to the Roman army and considerable losses to the Celts was fictitious. Tacitus was of course Agricola's son-in-law. However his writings did earn Agricola a major promotion when he returned to Rome and again I wonder why that is. The Celts in the supposed aftermath of that battle spend the next 20 years making life utter hell for the Romans, burning homes, crops and other supplies and in 105 AD the Romans retreat once again to southern Britain. Three years later the 9th Legion marches out of York and heads north. Not one single member of uh, the 9th Legion is seen ever again. 5,000 men just disappeared... Or did the Celts have a say in their disappearance? Now started in 122 AD and completed in 128 AD, the UNESCO World Heritage Site of Hadrian's Wall, uh, which is obviously in England, was built. This is a wall built by the Romans to essentially create a border between the Roman Britain in the south and the savage north. The wall itself spans 73 miles or 117 kilometres east to west from the River Tyne to the Solway Firth. The real reason for building the wall was never documented, however many claim that it was to keep those troublesome Scots out, which I and many others believe to be utter nonsense. Why build a door every mile or so if you're trying to keep someone out? I believe that the wall itself was for taxation, to make money as well as defence. You charge people to visit the other side of the wall and then charge them again on the way back. Simple as that. By the time that the wall is completed it has taken 750,000 cubic tonnes of rock to build Sections of the wall still exist, large sections of the wall still exist, I should say. However, General Wade dismantled a lot of the wall to construct his military roads during the Jacobite uprisings, which we covered a lot earlier on in the podcast series. Now, the Romans loved their first wall so much that when they invaded Scotland again in 139 AD, they constructed another one. It's also a UNESCO World Heritage Site, this time in Scotland, and it's called the Antonine Wall. The Antonine Wall stretched for 37 miles or 60 kilometres from the River Forth in the east to the River Clyde in the west. The construction of the Antonine Wall is, however, somewhat different to that of Hadrian's Wall. This one consisted of a large trench... Uh, on the northern side and the wall at the top of that particular trench. The wall itself was around 9 feet or 2.7, uh, 2.75 metres in height and it was a rock wall that was then topped with turf. The wall was a bit of a failure and was abandoned after just 20 years. Much like Hadrian's Wall, sections of this particular wall do still exist. Uh, however, it really just looks like a sort of turf mound nowadays. There's there's not really much to see. I think if you head more out towards the Falkirk area, uh, then that's where the, the best examples of the Antonine Wall can be seen. But once again, it is uh, as a UNESCO World Heritage Site uh, in Scotland, one of, again, many that we have In 180 and 197 AD, the Celtish tribes scramble Hadrian's Wall and attack the Romans on the southern side. The Romans then offer the Celts money and jewellery, or treasures as such, to try and buy their peace. By 208 AD, the Emperor Septimus Severus leads an army into Scotland to finally exterminate these attacking tribes. However, in 211 AD, Severus dies and the army retreats south behind Hadrian's Wall once again. So, folks, that leads us to the end of this particular episode. Once again, episode number 37. I can't believe that we've made it this far. We're approaching, very quickly, I must say as well, Uh, a full year of uh, the particular podcast. So um, I am going to have a special podcast coming out fairly soon i'm just going to try and get that edited together um the next podcast in this particular series should be the picts so we're moving on to the picts so sort of the end of the roman times and then in towards uh the pictish times so we'll be introduced to the picts properly uh hopefully in the next episode um so yeah um once again folks please go and check out the feedspot.com uh, so blog.feedspot.com um, and check out some of the other podcasts on there however if you're quite content just listening to this one i'm certainly not going to complain and uh, of course one of the main ways to get in contact i love people getting in contact just send me a message just even ask how uh, how we are and things like that it's always good if you need someone to talk to i'm always around Uh, The main uh, website is www.scotthistorypod.com On there you can find a link to your favourite podcast player. Uh, Click on there and then of course click on follow and subscribe and stuff like that. Uh, It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and uh, places like YouTube and stuff like that as well. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod, on Twitter, at Scott History Pod, Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod, uh, or you can just send me an email via Gmail, which is Scott History Pod at gmail.com. Now, finally, if you would like to join the Patreon page, you can do so. Uh, that's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Scott history pod and on there you can support the podcast uh, by donating uh, either one pound or three pounds per month to the podcast and what that does is that helps for me to pay for the hosting fees etc Uh, of course with us coming up to almost a year that's going to be Uh, coming up fairly soon to pay for that so um, I do appreciate it you don't have to but if you can spare a couple of pounds or one pound or three pounds a month it is uh, greatly appreciated so folks once again thank you very very much for listening take care Uh, enjoy the rest of your day or whatever it is that you're doing and I will speak to you again next week